is Nightline. Tonight, famous fakeouts from Silicon Valley to the halls of Congress. New York Republican George Santos, the latest caught in the crosshairs, facing multiple investigations. Did you ever think that the person who allegedly scammed you could end up in the halls of Congress? The real people he's allegedly wrong. I think he needs to lie more than he needs to breathe. Now a cultural obsession, joining a notorious list that includes Anna Delvey and Elizabeth Holmes. America is so obsessed with con artists because you get to see them climb the ladder of success and then you get to see how exactly they fall from grace. Why we can't look away. Plus, Imagine Dragons, exclusive behind-the-scenes access to the global superstars. The band known for hits like Believers. In a concert for one after touring before millions. We wanted to see the world. We wanted to take our music to the world. So our aspirations were there. We did dream big. We always wrote big. Um, that's the kind of music that we like. Together for decades, the secret to their longevity. Nightline. We'll be right back. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Trevor Alt. We begin tonight with the meteoric rise of freshman Congressman George Santos and his quick turn to infamy. The New York Republican admitting to falsehoods about his education and work history, facing a health ethics probe and several other investigations. But why do we find the stories of these famous fakeouts so compelling? Here's ABC's Rachel Scott. How would you describe George Santos? He's a compulsive liar. Uh, compulsive isn't even the word. It's, I think he needs to lie more than he needs to breathe. For Navy veteran Richard Ostoff, honor and commitment mean something. They're the values he swore to. Did you ever think that the person who allegedly scammed you could end up in the halls of Congress? No, and that, that hurts more than anything, I think. I serve my country honorably. I raised my hand, I gave an oath. Everything about him is fake, phony, horrible, destructive, hurtful. He doesn't represent the values of our country. In 2016, he says George Santos promised to help him and his dying support dog. But Richard says it was all fake, a con carried out by a man who's now an elected member of Congress. George Santos is just the latest example of a liar who has captivated the nation. From politics, to the business world, to society elites. The American landscape is littered with people who have made headlines for the lies they've told. There's Rachel Dolezal, the local NAACP president who passed herself off as a black woman for years before being outed as white by her own parents. Dolezal defiant in interviews. Well, I definitely am not white. I, I, nothing about being white describes who I am. Dolajal now goes by the Nigerian name Inkeche Amore Diallo and says she still considers herself black. There was also the 2017 Fire Festival. It was supposed to be a luxury live music event. The brainchild of con artist Billy McFarlane, who ultimately went to jail for wire fraud. Some festival attendees staying in FEMA tents and eating plain cheese sandwiches. Sometimes these folks get away with it, for a while at least. 
But when they're caught, we watch with fascination. Their lies become our entertainment, sometimes featured on late night comedy shows. You even lied about being Jewish. No, I said I was Jewish, which is honestly iconic. Okay. What have you been doing with your time? Oh, so much. I gave the State of the Union address, <laughs> shot down those spy balloons, and performed at the Super Bowl halftime. But what actually drives people to lie? And why is America so obsessed with people who do? Psychologist Maria Konnikova has been searching for that answer for years. She hasn't diagnosed these famous fakers personally, but says she's all too familiar with people like them. I think that fake it till you make it is one of those sayings that seems innocuous enough, but can also be remarkably dangerous when, when taken to an extreme. And con artists, they, they take that to the extreme. America is so obsessed with con artists because you get to see them climb the ladder of success and then you get to see how exactly they fall from grace. Republican Representative George Santos ran on that very promise that anyone can succeed in our country. And as your congressman, I pledge to protect the American dream for all. A young, gay, Brazilian-American Republican, seen by some as what could be the future of the party. But it turned out his resume was littered with false claims. From the schools he said he attended, the prestigious Horace Mann High School, New York University. He said he was a top volleyball player at Baruch College. The kicker, he never even went. To his work history, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, which he even testified to under oath. None of it true. He also falsely linked himself to various tragedies and identities. I've seen how socialism destroys people's lives because my grandparents survived the Holocaust. <laughs> I'm a Jew, trust me. <laughs> he later attempted to clarify to Fox News his connection to Judaism. My heritage is Jewish. I've always identified as Jewish. I was raised a practicing Catholic. I've always joked with friends and circles, even with in the campaign, I'd say, guys, I'm Jew-ish. He said his mom died from complications caused by 9-11, when she wasn't even in the U.S. at the time of the attacks. How do you hope your constituents can trust you, even though that you've misrepresented your biography to them? Will you step down? I will His personal finances are also under federal investigation after questions were raised. In 2020, he had a salary of $55,000. But last year, he valued his assets between 2.6 million and 11.25 million. As his falsehoods have been exposed, Santos in interview after interview remains defiant. My question is, do you have no shame? I'm not a fraud, I'm not a fake. I, I, I didn't materialize from thin air. I worked damn hard to get where I got my entire life. His excuse, he felt he needed to lie to get elected. I would have never gotten the nomination from Nassau County GOP if I had not concluded college. That was really the main driver. So I, I made that bad decision. It's not just his constituents Congressman Santos has lied to. It's painful for me to be in front of cameras rehashing it all over again. But somebody had to say something. Richard says he never thought he'd fall victim to a con artist. He spent eight years in the Navy working on fighter planes. It was his dream job. I lived to put that uniform on in the morning and to go to work and work on my airplanes. That was all I wanted to do. When his struggles with depression began to affect his work, he was honorably discharged. He says the loss of purpose sent him spiraling. 
but a little red pit bull named Sapphire would change his life. She would know when I was going through a mood swing. Whenever I'd start getting really manic she, or depressed, she, she would just be all over me. I couldn't ignore her. He fell on hard times and ended up homeless. To make matters worse, he noticed a mass growing rapidly on Sapphire's belly. A veterinarian had bad news. He wanted the money up front uh, for, for the surgery. He said $3,000 to do it. Like, I, how am I going to come up with this money now, you know? A vet tech told him about a man who ran a charity called Friends of Pets United. She said, hey, look, I'll take your picture. I'll take Sapphire's picture. Um, and I'll talk to this guy, Anthony, that I know, uh, Anthony DeVolder, and he'll set up a GoFundMe. Did you ever meet Anthony Not DeVolder? Not face to face. Never met him face to face. How would you communicate? Mostly by text message. Um, I spoke to him on a phone one time, and uh, he seems really, really, really flirtatious and overly nice, um, like a con man would. He says the online fundraiser was a success. But Richard says the money that could have saved Sapphire never came through. $3,000 was raised. 3000 was raised. Did you ever see a penny of that? Not at all. No, none. All I saw was heartbreak and uh, frustration. That was all he gave me. Sapphire died three months after the money failed to materialize. Richard says when he raised his concerns with DeVolder, DeVolder became defensive, saying in one message, I'm a well-known and public person. I have done rescues for many years and have a very reputable name for myself. We learned that the Friends of Pets United never filed any documents uh, to be a charity under the IRS rules. I only learned that in January. It was also January when Richard was watching the news and learned that Anthony's full name was actually George Anthony DeVolder Santos. A source close to the GoFundMe situation confirmed to ABC News that it was George Santos who ran the account to help Sapphire. ABC News asked George Santos if he remembered Richard. I want to show you this video. We have a reporter from our team that asked him about you and asked him about this GoFundMe. I just want you to watch this video. Do you remember the gentleman who claims that you took money? From he the claimed he never met me, and I never met him. It's on the record. For him to not be embarrassed by any of it, to be laughing and smiling and joking around like it's all just nothing, just being so nonchalant about it, it's disgusting. It's so strange and surreal. Who is George Santos? Nobody knows. Our thanks to Rachel. For more on other famous fake-outs, including Anna Delvey and Elizabeth Holmes, plus a photo of Santos like you've never seen him before, watch Impact by Nightline, now streaming on Hulu. Coming up, Imagine Dragons, a rare behind-the-scenes visit with one of the world's biggest bands. I'm sorry for everything, oh, everything I've done. From the second that I was born, it seems I had a Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. 
crazy funny ones. I talk to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number. Thousands of people try to call. I talk to one of them. They stay anonymous. I can't hang up. That's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. What could be better than seeing one of the world's greatest rock bands live in person? How about being treated to a concert at the home of Imagine Dragons lead singer Dan Reynolds? The band reveals how they've managed to stay together, bonding during the best and worst of times. Here's ABC's Ashin Singh. But I'm wishing you'd gone. I can't have you and I'm only gonna do you wrong. Imagine Dragons are used to playing for tens of thousands of fans, but today, they have an audience of one. We're front row for a private impromptu jam session around lead singer Dan Reynolds' grand piano. Shot, shot a hole through every single thing that I loved. Since they first hit the charts with It's Time in 2012... Imagine Dragons' potent lyrics and forceful melodies have made them rock superstars. With hits like the fiery ballad, Believer. And the electro-pop-infused Thunder. They've racked up a slew of awards, including a Grammy for Radioactive in 2014. Their 2017 album, Evolve, went double platinum, sending them on a tour that sold over 1.7 million tickets around the world. Do you guys ever pinch yourself that, that you guys are here in this way now? Well, I can only speak for myself, but it was a, kind of a, a strange adjustment to make. Really only within the last two or three years, I've really, like, I don't know, I've... I finally kind of got it. Dan started out the band in an unlikely place for a rock star. Mormon College Campus, BYU. They later moved to Vegas to raise their profile. I mean, I remember us sitting in the, like, tiny home that, that we'd rent out, rented out together in Las Vegas. We had a whiteboard that we purchased, and we were writing down band goals. And this was over a decade ago. Uh, and one of the first goals was to be a global band. The current lineup of Imagine Dragons, consisting of drummer Daniel Platzman, bassist Ben McKee, and longtime guitarist Wayne Sermon, has been together for over a decade, and they don't take that longevity for granted. How have you guys managed to maintain y'all's relationships as a band, but also stick it out this long? Having the foundation of respect uh, is the thing that has kept us together. We've been through loss, we've been through death and families together, we've been through illness and and babies and relationships and the end of relationships and you you can either see all that and then hate each other through it or you can see it and say damn we've we really love each other being mainstays in the ever-changing landscape of pop music the band has built a brand on consistency and turning a blind eye to the trends is it harder 
to make successful pop music in today's era where there are 15 minute careers that are born off, you know, apps like TikTok. Music's a language, it's constantly evolving and, and that, that world has absolutely changed from 10 years ago to now. And I think it's a really dangerous strategy if you try to change your process and your target to whatever's trending right now, because whatever's trending right now isn't going to be trending very soon. I'm far from good and true, but still I find you next to me. Worldwide, the Dragons have a rabid following, recently headlining the inaugural Lollapalooza India with over 60,000 attendees. What was that like going to India for you guys? It was wild. It was mm-hmm. culture shock, the biggest culture shock I've had in quite a while. It's amazing to go to a place you've never been to after being a band for a decade. And then uh, finding fans there that are passionate and know all the words to all the songs. Uh, It was incredible. Um, Yeah, there were flesh going back as far as the eye can see and everyone's freaking out. But these guys aren't letting their epic success go to their heads. We'll be on the road for a long time. It's like, oh, we're we're, we're feeling exhausted. We're poor, poor us or something. And then we'll go to a pediatric cancer charity event or a gala and it's like and you see these kids who are fighting the ultimate uh, fight and then suddenly your problems are nothing since 2013 they've been determined to give back launching the tyler robinson foundation named after a terminally ill 16 year old fan their annual love loud festival in support of lgbtq plus youth also it's close to home this is life-changing for a lot of the people here and you are awesome for doing it that was just so cool to see, especially ha- happening in Utah at that time. How's that festival doing? Love Loud is about raising conversation uh, about how homes and families, especially in uh, communities of high Orthodox faith, can love, celebrate their LGBTQ youth. Uh, in the, a lot of these communities, we find that the suicide rate is higher, drug use is higher uh, for these kids who are not accepted in their homes. And actually, this is going to be the first year that we're, we're uh, taking it to Austin, we're taking it to, to D.C. Imagine Dragons have seen every mountaintop, but what keeps them so cool is that they remain unbothered by the light. We wanted to see the world, we wanted to take our music to the world, so our aspirations were there, we did dream big, we always wrote big, Um, that's the kind of music that we like. Billions of streams, hundreds of millions of fans. Do accolades matter to you guys? I don't quite connect with the numbers and accolades personally too much. Maybe if I look at it too hard or too closely or care about it too much, you know, then it'll disappear like, I don't know, like a rainbow or like a pot of gold or something, you know? So it messes with what, like, what your creative art should be in a way I don't like. So I don't know. I guess uh, thanks for the free therapy session. Our thanks to Ashit. Coming up, Robert Blake, the life and legacy of the controversial actor. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Finally tonight, the death of actor Robert Blake. From fame to scandal, he appeared in the Our Gang comedies as a child and starred in the movie In Cold Blood as an adult. He danced all over it. In the 1970s, he won an Emmy for his work in the television series Beretta. All those career achievements were eclipsed when he was charged with the fatal shooting of his wife in 2001. He was later acquitted, but his career never recovered. Blake died from heart disease. Surrounded by family at his home in Los Angeles, he was 89. And that's Nightline. You can watch all of our full episodes on Hulu. We'll see you right back here at the same time tomorrow. Thanks for staying up with us. Good night, America. The first ever criminal trial of a former president is underway in Manhattan. It's one of potentially four trials facing former President Trump as he makes his third bid for the White House. What do voters think about his culpability? And would a guilty verdict make a difference in the election? I'm Galen Druk, and every Monday and Thursday on the 538 Politics podcast, we break down the latest news from the campaign trail. We sort through the noise and zoom in on what really matters using data and research as we go. That's 538 Politics every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts.